Gina Della from Pella. Get up to five years no interest, five months no first payment, and 5% same-day order savings at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. 555 has been extended, but only through October 31st. See PellaWI.com. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Mobile Studio outside of American Family Field, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. It is a special day. Like the big voice guy says, we are broadcasting live from American Family Field. This is the first game of the National League Division Champion, the National League Division Series, 337 or so. First pitch, the Milwaukee Brewers against the Atlanta Braves. I'll be with you till around 3 o'clock. Over the course of the next couple hours, we've got a number of great guests. We will, of course, be speaking to Mr. Baseball, Bob Euchre. We are scheduled to be joined in our mobile broadcast facility by Mark Atanasio, who is the principal owner of the Milwaukee Brewers, and this is his 17th year. I mean, boy, time certainly flies. We're going to be talking to David Stearns a little bit later on. We're going to be talking to Rick Schlesinger. We're going to have John McCure out here, who's going to be actually out in the crowd trying to get, you know, some of the sounds and to bring them to you about what is going to be going on here. The parking lots were scheduled to open at 1230, but just a couple minutes ago, it appears that they have in fact opened already. Already, I'm sitting here in our broadcast facility. I'm looking out. There's dozens and dozens of cars. The people who, to quote Bob Euchre, are in the front row who are already standing there. There's people who have got the grills that are out. There's young people that are there already throwing baseballs and things. And it is only 12.09. Can you imagine how it's going to be over the course of the next several hours? This is incredibly cool. Playoff baseball is back in Milwaukee. And one of the things that I was thinking about this morning in anticipation of this is as somebody who has been a Brewers fan since Bud Selig brought the Milwaukee Brewers back to, brought the Seattle Pilots to Milwaukee, turned them into the Brewers back in 1970. You know, one of the things that we heard for years and years and years and years is that small market teams cannot compete. You know, if it's going to be Major League Baseball, it's going to have to be the New Yorks of the world. It's going to have to be the Bostons and the Chicagos. Well, the New York Yankees are out of the playoffs. The New York Mets weren't even close to the playoffs. And for the fourth year in a row, the Milwaukee Brewers are in the playoffs, and I will tell you, I, I think they've got as good a chance as any team to certainly advance to the World Series. How exciting is that? So our program today, it, it's going to be like we do with our opening day situation. We're going to be devoting it largely to baseball. We'll talk about a couple other issues as well. But be prepared for something to celebrate the return of playoff baseball to Milwaukee. So let's get started. And I want to include you in this as well. I am always really jazzed when you opening day for baseball season and of course, you know, the second season starting the baseball playoffs. I know there's a lot of fans that are out there. I think this is an appropriate time to start off to take a walk down memory lane here because if you, like me, are a baseball fan, chances are that you have had a chance to come out. Maybe it was American Family Field this year. Maybe it was Miller Park. Maybe it was County Stadium. But my guess is you have developed a lot of great baseball memories over the year. So let's get started. Let's ease into playoffs 2021 by talking about maybe some of the past events. Our number, 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, your most vivid 
vivid Milwaukee baseball memory. And I guess, I, I mean, I'm willing to go back in time. I know it's the Atlanta Braves, but it was the Milwaukee Braves for 13 years as well. Your most vivid Milwaukee baseball memory, 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, back to discuss in just a couple minutes. We are broadcasting live from American Family Field. It's Brewers Playoffs 2021. This is Jeff Wagner. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620, which is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Once again, the parking lots have just opened up. People are coming into American Family Field. In just a couple hours, it's going to be game one between the Atlanta Braves and your, our, Milwaukee Brewers. Already people are out and about. There's kids throwing baseballs back and fact, we uh, back and forth. We've got some games of like, bag toss and stuff going. The grills are already starting to be fired up. If you're wondering about the weather, I know some of the weather reports earlier on might have been a little bit sketchy. I will tell you, it is absolutely perfect right now. It is a Chamber of Commerce day. It's cool. It is pleasant. A um, little bit overcast, but it looks like the rain is out of the area, at least for the time being, and people are just getting ready to have a ton of fun. Our number is 855-616-1620, which is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I think it's important before we start talking about what's going to happen at 3.37 this afternoon and moving on, I think it's always important to take a time, just a time out, and think about the past as well. All right, Brewers have been around for over 50 years. Baseball, of course, then you had the Atlanta Braves. Before that, they were the Milwaukee Braves. They were here for 13 years or so. And I think it's just a little bit of fun to say, okay, let's think about how we love baseball and let's talk about some of our most vivid baseball memories for Milwaukee. 855-616-1620. Jeff, I'm coming out to the game today. Go Brewers. This is from Colin. My most vivid memory, probably because it's one of my most recent memories, would be Game 7 against the 28 in 2018 against the Dodgers. That was the game that the Brewers ended up losing, and as a result didn't go to the World Series. That was one of the most, this is what Colin says, that was one of the most painful games I've ever been at in my life. My guess is, if you were to sit down and ask principal owner Mark Atanasio about one of his most painful games, that would probably be that as well. Jeff, I was a 17-year-old girl, West Milwaukee High School. We were allowed to skip school and go to the first game ever at County Stadium. I will never forget it. We sat in the right field bleachers. There was a right fielder named Dan- Danny Walton who got who all the girls thought was gorgeous. Laugh out loud. I remember Danny Walton. No question about that. Jeff, I've got to go with Dale Swaim's home run on Easter um, to extend the Brewers' winning streak. Yeah, that was team streak a number of years ago. Jeff, my favorite memory was when Dan Plesak came into the game for a save. It sounded like a freight train. He stuck out, struck out Reggie Jackson for the save. I was a young teenager sitting in the bleachers. You could talk, laugh, and joke with the bullpen. I miss that. All right, here's one that's on a lot of people's lists, I'm sure. It had to be Robin Yount's catch to save Juan Nieves' no-hitter. No question about that. Jeff, I was at the Easter Sunday game in 1987 where Dan Swaim hit that home run. You are exactly right. Jeff, my dad took me and my grandfather to a Milwaukee Braves game, and my grandfather caught Hank Aaron's foul ball and broke his glasses. 
Well, I think that that's pretty. Uh, that's probably a, a cool sort of thing. You know, okay, you lose your glasses, but at the same time, you get a foul ball that's hit by Hank Aaron. <clears throat> I think that's incredibly cool. Those are great memories. I, I will tell you, I, I think for me, the most vivid memory, probably my most vivid memory of any sporting event, continues to be 1982, the, the playoffs. The Brewers at the time were in the American League. There were They were playing the California Angels for the opportunity to go to the World Series against the St. Louis Cardinals. It was a five-game series back then. The Brewers lost the first two games and then came home. The game was at county, games were in County Stadium for a weekend series, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Brewers needed to win all three of those games to advance. And I will just tell you something. I, I just I, I remember I, I was... I was living downtown at the time, and I would I would ride like one of the buses out here, so I didn't want to fool around with parking and stuff. And I was on this bus with these California fans, and they were just so absolutely positive that the Angels were going to knock off the Brewers in three games, or then four games, or then five games. It was just, and I don't want to say you know arrogant, but it was this cockiness. Oh, there's no way the Brewers can win. And those games were incredibly special. I remember the Saturday game was delayed because there was rain in the middle of it. And then again, my most vivid memory is that game five on Sunday afternoon. And um, of course, you've all, if you weren't there, you've probably seen everything about it where you had the you know, the, at the end, the, the ground ball, and they throw, Robin Yount throws out, throws over to Cecil Cooper. They get the out. They end up winning. It was just a great team. It was a great team. It was a great game. I understand they went on to lose the World Series in seven games, but it was special. Tony in Milwaukee. Tony, you're on WTMJ. Jeff, you just stole my son thunder. <clears throat> game five. Okay. We, were, <laughs> we were in the upper deck, but in the first roll. And that was the craziest Sunday I ever spent. And when Cooper caught that ball and seeing all the fans come out of the uh, in the back, and it was just nuts yeah. on the field. And then uh, we went to party, and we went by Saz's, and then we went downtown, and the Ave, Wisconsin Avenue, yeah. was crazy. Yeah. It was the, you, you know the, craziest... the, the World Series was almost anticlimactic after that big win in Game Five, and you know it just yeah, it's too bad that they lost the World Series, but that that series against California and that last game was so special. That was a World Series to me, but because uh, I'll, I'll never forget it. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. it. It was it was just it was just absolutely incredible. That's one of the reasons I have always said this is Milwaukee is a, it really is a baseball town. Southeast Wisconsin is a baseball area. The state of Wisconsin is a baseball area. And one of the great things that you've seen happen is over the last several years, the Brewers have been incredibly competitive. They're incredibly competitive this year, and you really see how the fans respond to it. Hopefully, hopefully we're going to be making more memories starting this afternoon. Let's take a break. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Welcome back. So delighted to have you with us once again. All right, about three hours or so, first pitch. This is the first game of the 2021 playoffs, the Milwaukee Brewers and the Atlanta Braves. The parking lots have opened up. People are coming down. There's already all sorts of activity. We are having an absolute blast. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by the principal owner of the Milwaukee Brewers, Mark Atanasio. He is, by the way, if you are out and about here at American Family Field, he's with us in our mobile broadcast facility. So if you want to come over and wave, we'd be delighted to have that happen.
Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Welcome back. We are broadcasting live from American Family Field. We are in our mobile broadcast facility. First pitch is about 337, but before that, we are joined in person by the principal owner of the Milwaukee Brewers, Mark Atanasio. Mark, welcome. Always good to be here, especially in October. (laughs) You know, I was thinking back. 17 years was I remember the first opening day when you you know were first became the principal owner we came out we did this this interview here 17 years has kind of flown by huh (laughs) (laughs) 17 years has flown by this year has flown by we were just chatting before we came on air here uh it's hard to believe we're to October already and we've played all these games. You know, one of the things that I, I, I hope you and your ownership group and all the, the people who are designed to put together a team get credit for is, as somebody who, who grew up as a Brewers fan through the 70s, 80s, and 90s, you know, we always heard that, oh, it's a small market team. They're, they're not going to be able to be competitive. This is the fourth year in a row that the Brewers have been in, in the playoffs and the second year in the last four that the they've won the central division title that's that's got to be an incredible accomplishment i'll tell you how hard that is to do and i actually just misspoke because everyone knows how terrific the rays are but uh, they haven't done that apparently i think it's the dodgers the astros the yankees the braves and us have been in the playoffs four years in a row i mean that's and th- those uh, those teams have significantly larger budgets than we do so so what's uh, the secret I mean, <laughs> well, there is a there are a couple of secrets, um, you know. So I don't think we want to put too much of the oh, secret fair. sauce out there. Fair enough. But but I would say, look, top to what you need is a connectivity, top to bottom, in an organization, right? So we all talk about um, Brendan Woodruff and and Corbin Burns right. and, and uh, Freddie Peralta have three homegrown ace starters. If you think what it takes to have that first of all you have to identify the talent in the first instance and, and attract it then you have to develop it which starts at the lowest level of the minor leagues and goes up through four or five minor league so you have to have four or five minor league pitching coaches or coordinators who know what they're doing and right. speak the same language as the major league coach and you know we're very fortunate to have chris hook at the major league level who at one point was in the minor leagues mm-hmm. so we had and we had to have a uh you know, general manager at the time, David Stearns, who was willing to take a risk on promoting the minor league guy mm-hmm. instead of going with established major league pitching coaches who, you know, had track records. You know, one of the other things, I get a sense from the opportunities I have to talk to the players every once in a while, is that this is an organization where everybody says that, that character matters. But in the Brewers, I get the sense that character really does matter. The players like each other. When, when you put together a team, my sense is that you, you want people that are going to get along and you want people that are going to be proud to be here and that you're going to have proud to play for the Brewers. Yeah, one of the things that, and this goes back, hey, Uke, <laughs> is Uke on? Oh, maybe maybe it's not uh, melded. I don't know how you're broadcasting. Uh, oh, oh, there we go. We're we're talking to Brent Brewer's principal owner, Mark Atanasio. I'm also told that we are joined by Mr. Baseball, Bob Euchre, from our dugout. Bob, are you there? Is yes, I'm here. Hi, Bob. Well, Mark Atanasio, Jeff Wagner. We're out here in the we're out here in the mobile broadcast facility. Welcome. One of you guys have a flat tire or something? Is that what you call? <laughs> I'll be right out there. 
Hey, Bob, I, I was just checking this. 1964, you won. The, yes. You were part of the World Series championship team with the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, how cool yes. an experience was that? Well, you know, Jeff, I was just talking to Craig Council about that. The stuff that we're doing now, the start of the playoffs, that's where the real pressure is. I mean, once you get through this stuff, the World Series really is a heck of a lot easier. It's just you against the other league, and there's no more playoff stuff. This, and especially starting with what we have now, which is a best of five, um, you know, the heat's on both clubs. And once you get through the playoff stuff, we didn't have that back then. It was you win your league, the other guys win their league, and you play the World Series. That year in St. Louis, Jeff, the Phillies, the Cincinnati Reds, and the Cardinals were all tied. The game on the last day of the season determined who was going to win the championship. And fortunately, the Cardinals won against the New York Mets, who at that time weren't, you know, what they turned out to be later on. But um, we won. The uh, Philadelphia Phillies uh, won their game. Had the Reds won the game, we'd all ended up in a tie um, on the last day of the season. We won by one game on the last day in '64. Well, wow. you know, but Bob, here this this you... is. I mean, this is exciting now. I mean, the playoff stuff is, you know, going through. I'm going to Atlanta too to work down there. I'm a little that I'm a little worried about because there's a lot of people still alive that saw me play, and uh, <laughs> that could be a little tough. <laughs> we don't buy that. But, Bob, before you came on, Mark and I were talking about it. It's been 17 years since you know he took over as the principal owner. You've, of course, been the, the Brewers broadcaster for you know 50 years or, or whatever. Does it ever get old for you? Um, you mean doing the games? No, yeah. not at all. Or, or, I, I, enjoy, yeah. I enjoy coming here and... Uh, the relationship and <clears throat> Mark knows this uh, he's been a great friend not only ownership wise but personally um, for me his family um, we've been friends for a long long time now and I remember the day that Wendy Selig brought Mark into the booth to um, introduce him as the new owner of the uh, of the Brewers back at that time and um, the friendship that we've developed um, has been nothing short of outstanding for me. I mean, um, again, as I said, his whole family and, and what they've meant to me as a, as a member of the team here in Milwaukee. Uh, we talked about this the other day. I've never had a contract with Mark. Um, ours is a handshake. It was once a long, long time ago. It doesn't really have to happen long, again I mean, because really long time that's ago. the way it's been. Yep. That, that's, a, um, that's absolutely outstanding. Mark is no, nodding his never, head right now. Yeah, no, really a long time ago. And you, <laughs> one of the things that Jeff was talking about right before you came on was, you know, finding folks who wanted to be here, you know, players. And, you know, you kind of personify that because, you know, you could have, and we talked about this at his 50th anniversary celebration. You had a, George Steinbrenner try to poach you, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, you know, he had Hollywood <laughs> offers to go just become an actor. And uh, he always wanted to be here. That's how yeah, I did. I, hey, I, you know, that, that never wanted to change as far as, you know, I was concerned anyway. 
Bob, matter of fact, last night I was with some people, including some folks who were retired executives from Miller Brewing, who were telling stories about the days of the Miller Lite All-Stars and who were on the, the oh, set man. when you were doing all those things. And they, I, I'm telling you, they, there, there were a lot of great Bob Euchre stories from those days going around as well. I, I assume that was a lot of fun to do. <laughs> uh, the, the Miller Lite spots that we did started for me back in 1985 and it ran through 1991. Um, some, of the, some of the greatest ads ever produced, and it involved, you know, guys from football and baseball and basketball. We had them all, and the writers that they had, a bunch of young guys, Jeff, that were in New York um, working for the ad company, wrote spots that were perfect for everybody you know the no matter who you were and what you did as as an active player you had your role as as a member of the Miller Lite All-Stars you had you know whatever your spot was going to be and for me it was either me or Rodney Dangerfield you know that um, <laughs> that did, did, yeah. did kind of the off 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 spot yeah. stuff but it was really really good it was it was oh man it was great fun i, I I can think of some of the things that we did that we can't talk about um, to each other uh, during the course of those spots. That I mean, it lasted for a long, long time. One of the greatest ad campaigns ever. Bob, those might have been some of the stories that I was hearing last night from the guys who were on the set. Hey, hey, but, but Mark, you know, one of the things, one, one of the things that. You know, this has been a challenging year with with COVID and and the return of, of fans in a gradual fashion. I don't, I'm not sure people realize, but you know, Brewers attendance top ten attendance this year. Yeah, so we were once again, I think, eight years out of the last ten top ten. This was an especial challenge this year because we were one of the last five or six teams that uh, had unrestricted seating, and you know, frankly, I think it's. A, testament you know you would say that well that was a challenge from a business standpoint it's a testament to the county health commissioner here who wanted to keep everybody safe and uh rick schlesinger and his staff did a wonderful job keeping everybody safe and selling tickets at the right. same time that's not right. not so easy when you can't just pack everybody in and and so uh, you know it uh, but i am looking forward that all being said there's nothing like a, a a full attendance playoff crowd, and I think we're going to have we're going to have standing room only today. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, from where we're sitting, we're just looking. I mean, already this front parking lot is half of it is already full, and parking lot was only supposed to open about ten minutes ago. So fans are ready for playoff baseball. There's no question about that. And always got to be ready for playoff baseball. It's it's hard, you know, especially in a year like this where we brought it back to to five teams, right? And then now there's uh, you know four teams in the National League and. It's really interesting. I was saying in the press conference, so, you know, we had never played the Braves in a playoff series. Imagine, you know, Henry Aaron had he been here to enjoy this. Um, and, uh, you know, Giants and Dodgers. Right. So a lot of a lot of interest. Right. Hey, hey Bob, wh- you know, you, you've been around different Brewers teams for, for all the, these years. My sense is this team, they really, really like each other. There, there's not prima donnas. Everybody's pulling for each other, and that's got to make for sort of a special environment. Yeah, you know, you're, you're right on target, Jeff. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different personalities on every club, and, and, you know, sometimes some players work out with certain teams, and sometimes they don't, and they move on to another team, and, and everything is okay. But here, 
uh, every guy that has been brought in by David Stearns and Matt Arnold and, and Mark, um, everybody seems to have worked out really good. Not only, not only what we have on the field, but what we have off the field. I'm talking about their families and the kids. That's all such a big part of what happens throughout the course of a year. And I'm, I'm the one thing that I was really happy with, Jeff, was the fact that I was able to get um, tested. I took the shots. I took whatever I had to do to be in the clubhouse, to be with the team, to be with the players. And that's what they wanted, and that's what I wanted. I wanted to be around them, and no matter what it took, I was going to do that. And, um, you know, here we are chasing. I don't do the, the road stuff I used to do as much, but, again, um, it's not it's not that I can't do it. It's that we have two other guys at work. Uh, I'm talking about Jeff and, and Lane Grindle. Uh, that do such an outstanding job. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get to a point in my life where I'm going to embarrass myself or embarrass the team. I'm not going to do that. I still feel like I'm, I'm you know, qualified and, and can work and get excited about things that happen throughout the course of a game. I get as fired up as I did, um, you know, when I first started doing this. Um, we talked about it the other day. Um, at the press conference um, when Merle Harmon and Tom Collins way back when when they were working and I only did one inning I was comfortable because they stayed in the booth with me but the day they left me by myself at Yankee Stadium uh, to do the fifth (laughs) inning and they got up and they walked out of the booth. They said, here's Bob. And I begged him to come back. And this is a, this is a true going? story. Honest, I, I, was really, I was really scared. I had, already, you know, I had already done Tonight Shows and all of other stuff. But doing a game by myself and having all my friends in Milwaukee listening to me doing play-by-play, it was awful. It was really bad. And the engineer finally said, you better start because there's two outs. And I, I just I couldn't talk. I, I was scared to death. It was unbelievable. Well, yeah. we're, we're, everybody's glad you got you got over that. But Mark, Mark, the um, your dear friend Bob's dear friend Bud Selig. Bud was legendary for living and dying on the results of the games. I mean, the stories were how you, I can I can still picture him like pacing around Old County Stadium, you know, in the place. Are you like that? I mean, how how, how do you deal with that? Well, first of all, I yes. want to uh, just register that both uh, Bob and I are well aware that uh, Commissioner Emeritus Seelig yeah. still lives and dies with every game. <laughs> he still and, and he still calls me when you know there's some, oftentimes the unfathomable happens out there but commissioner still calls me and says what do they tell you <laughs> the commissioner they tell me it was a broken bat hit and we lost the game <laughs> you don't but, change yeah you know i i, I definitely uh I will say, you know, as I'm getting older myself, I, I don't deal with the... Uh, I, I used to, like, embrace the anxiety. You know, we this is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Now I just like to get to the end of a winning game. <laughs> right. Go have a glass of wine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think the one, the one great thing with Mark... One great thing with Mark, 
as the new owner, we get paid now. That's one of the pluses. Um, <laughs> okay, if Bud is listening, that, that that's Bob that just that's said. That's okay. <laughs> that's it. Well, I, Fred may be in his park coming over, and he does listen. Oh, oh believe me, yes, I uh, believe me, absolutely. Um, Bob, as, as you look at this team, look, I mean, I know that there's all sorts of projections that are out there and stuff. This team, it seems to me, really has the right stuff to go all the way. Well, you know what? They can, they do a little bit of everything. I mean, they're going up against a club, Jeff. That is a big power club. Um, they hit a lot of home runs. Um, as the Dodgers did, and as the Dodgers did against that Cardinal um, team to to walk it off and win. Um, but you know what? They got a, the the thing they got here. I mean, that I think is really top dog. Outstanding pitching. I mean, when you're facing today, it's Corbin Burns. Tomorrow, it's Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, uh, Adrian Hauser, uh, Eric Lauer. You're you're not going to have good days. I mean. That that's that's not a that's not a that's not a good thing to look forward to facing those and then if you if you happen to get by those guys for four or five innings now when they start bringing people from the bullpen um, you're getting more of the same stuff you're getting you know velocity you're getting big breaking stuff um, so the pitching staff here has been outstanding but you know defensively they're pretty good too I mean they've got a little bit of everything and. Uh, young guys, the deals that David Stearns made. I mean, here's Willie Adamas, Luis Arias. Um, you know, the guys that have been brought in here up and down, um, and what a great job they did at Nashville for these players that are being, you know, put back to the minor leagues and then brought back up here. I mean, those are the, those are the guys you got to look forward to to um, to do whatever you do. I'm watching Luke Maley walk right by me right now. He's a guy who came up with a couple of big base hits in a couple of games. And Rick Sweet, who's the manager at Nashville, is the guy that, you know, governs all that stuff and takes care of that and reports each and every day to to our people up here. So all of those all of those people, Jeff, that have been here maybe not on an on a monthly basis they've been here for a week 10 days but they've contributed that's all part of it too i mean we can't forget about those people because some of the things that they did and some of the big base hits and some of the big games that they pitched in that's all part of this whole scene here in milwaukee when you're talking about you know this brewers ball club 2021 jeff we had 61 players 61 right come through our major league roster this year which is a record for our club wow and uh so that's you know that's a lot of players contributing when you have a 25-man roster right hey, now before i let you guys go we, we were talking about commissioner emeritus Seelig and all and and i think that as somebody i i look at this wonderful facility and i, I think about county stadium and i think about I still have some of the scars from the, the political battles over building the, the enclosed park in the first place. But when we look back over the last 20-some years and the success, having that enclosed roof, it, it Mark, that, that, that's a factor as well, having this wonderful facility. Oh, it's a, it's a key factor. It started, it, by the way, it's a key factor in my decision to go forward and, and buy the club, right? Because you could see the state-of-the-art and, you know, given the public-private partnership we've had with the stadium district it's still state-of-the-art and they've done everything that that they 
what we're set out to do, and our ownership groups added about $100 million the last 17 seasons. Uh, it helps us uh, keep fans coming because they know there's going to be a game to be played. It helps us attract players. Right. Uh, certainly, given the climate here, it would be a challenge to attract guys. If we, and instead, it's an advantage. Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, I, I talk about that a lot. And by the way, Wendy Silla got a lot to do with that, too. She's right. Somewhat of an unsung hero on this. But, you know, you and Henry Aaron and Robin Yount, a lot of folks made the trek up to Madison to right. to pitch, to mix a metaphor for the pitch for the ballpark. That was it. Mr. Baseball, Bob Euchre, principal owner, hey, Mark Jeff, before I leave, think, oh, Jeff, before yeah? I leave, before I leave, just just check this out down the road. I think the correct correct pronunciation is emeritus, just for future, you know, future references. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Well, there, there you go. We'll, we'll check that out, Mr. Baseball Bob Euchre. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great call today. Hope that you get the call all the way through the World Series. Mark Atanasio, thanks so much for being with us once again. We're going to take a quick break. This is Jeff Wagner. We're broadcasting live from American Family Field on WTMJ. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Welcome back. So very glad to have you with us. And I always appreciate Mr. Baseball Bob Euchre, who joined us. He was in the dugout on one of our headsets. And Mark Atanasio, principal owner of the Brewers, out here in our mobile broadcast facility. In the next hour of the program, we're scheduled to be joined by David Stearns, who is the president of baseball operations. And David's supposed to come out to the trailer as well. So for people who are out in the parking lot, if you want to come over and see us while we have the conversation, you are very welcome to do that. It's always a pleasure, and it's it's just great to get Bob Euchre together with Mark Atanasio. And I, I will tell you, when when Bob was talking about how he's he's just never had a contract, and he's had the, this handshake deal, and um, there, you know, uh, Mark was here, and he's just kind of nodding his head. That that's just been the complete and total arrangement that they've had. And I think we would all agree that uh, Bob Euchre, just an absolute. Certainly a local treasure. I think you could make the argument that he's a national treasure as well. And I think we all just, you know, it, it's just not baseball unless you have Mr. Baseball who are doing the games. I also wanted to talk a little bit about the, the role that American Family Field, previously Miller Park, and, and the roof has. And I thought it was interesting that Mark shared the idea that, you know, that was one of the reasons that really influenced his decision to buy the Brewers and ultimately keep them in Milwaukee. Because here, here's the reality. I know that there were some people back in the day that just didn't think that was going to be a good arrangement. But the truth of the matter is, if if we didn't have Miller Park, there's no question in my mind, and now American Family Field, if we didn't have the new stadium, there's no question in my mind that baseball would have left Milwaukee. And I will tell you this, as I stand here looking out over this parking lot, which is now filling up and fans that are coming in, you, you, there's no way you can tell me that this community, this area, this state, is not a lot better off because we have the Milwaukee Brewers here. That's, I think, if you look back about decisions that have been made over the course of the last 25 years that may have been controversial when they were made, but turned out completely and totally right. Well, that that's putting the roof on, building the new facility was definitely one of those decisions. Back with lots more, our playoff opening day broadcast continues from American Family Field after the news. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Mobile Studio outside of American Family Field, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 
Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Again, we are broadcasting live outside of American Family Field, where it has genuinely turned into a true Chamber of Commerce day. I, I know when I got up this morning, got out, walked the dog and stuff, it was like drizzling, it was kind of overcast, and you're wondering, all right, you know, it, look, the great part about having the roof at American Family Field is the fact that you know that there's going to be a game, you know you're going to be comfortable inside, you know you're going to be dry inside. It's That's wonderful, but still, when you're coming down to the game, when you're enjoying the parking lots, I'm just, again, looking at the parking lot, Lots that are now filling up. We've got all the folks that are out there, and the bag tosses and the grills are going. And we have a couple people with adult beverages there. And all right, claws up. Lovely lady out right outside. Fear the beer. I like it. This lady, I'm telling you person after my own heart right there so i'm gonna come on out and if you're coming out to the game be sure and stop off and and say hi we'd love to see you i'm here until three o'clock again if you're not in a position that you're going to be able to come out to the stadium and mark was just talking about how they think it's going to be sold out today which is great i I think my understanding is there there might be some standing room only and or obstructed view tickets that are available for tomorrow's game and a very limited number for game five if there is a game five now, hopefully, we're not going to need that. Hopefully, it's not going to be in a situation. Hopefully, the Brewers are going to win today. They're going to win tomorrow. They go to Atlanta. And by the way, Game 3 in Atlanta, the time is already set. I think it's at 11.30 in the morning on Monday. I think that's when the game starts. So my program is – I get a, get a long weekend because it's going to be Brewers baseball on Monday. And hopefully, it'll be three wins in a row. And then we'll start worrying about do we play the Dodgers or do we play San Francisco in the National League Championship Series. And that is, of course, an entire other story. You know, when we were talking to Bob Euchre and Mark Atanasio, one of the things that Bob was referring to is that the whole concept, what's weird and interesting about this playoff series is it's the Milwaukee Brewers and the Atlanta Braves. Well, you know, local baseball fans, if you're under the age of 60, well, you were barely alive when the team, the Brewers are facing in this division, left Milwaukee for their current home in Atlanta. Before they came here, the Braves were in Boston, and then their bug out to beer town in the early 1950s reshaped the sport in ways we still live with today. Here's a special report on this by my friend, teammate, and colleague, Gene Miller. If America's pastime were a painting in 1953, it would have been a still life. Nothing had changed for a half century. For 50 years, the same 16 teams played in the same 10 cities in the same two leagues. No questions asked. Braves owner Lou Perini changed all that when he started making eyes at Milwaukee as Beantown's baseball affections shifted to the rival Red Sox. Perini watched as Braves' attendance fell through the floor in Boston while our brand spanking new county stadium was sitting empty. The AAA Brewers were in town, and it was assumed since there was no big league club that they would just work their way into that park. Local baseball author Jim Crines doubts the Braves' move west was just a coincidence. I always believe that even though it was unspoken, there was kind of an, uh, an understanding that the Braves might have done that. And again, that's speculation. But, you know, it was too providential and too clean for my taste. 
to be uh, just pure happenstance. Perini kept his wanderlust a secret after the 52 season. His own family supposedly didn't know, not even his wife. Another MLB owner had the hots for us. Bill Veck and the St. Louis Browns are in the same straits in the gateway to the West, playing a bad second field to the St. Louis Cardinals. Veck knew of Milwaukee. He was the past owner of those minor league brewers, but Perini had MLB territorial dibs on us because he owned the brewers. He blocked Veck, got NL owners to approve the Braves' bug out about a month before the start of the 53 season. This is Milwaukee, home of the Braves. This is the city, and this is the stadium. Beautiful, multi-million dollar county stadium. The first franchise shift in a half-century opened baseball's floodgates. Deep-pocketed Budweiser bought the Cardinals out of near-certain bankruptcy in St. Louis, forcing the Browns out of town and Vec out of baseball. He had to sell the Browns to owners in another city in time for the 1954 season opener. Instead of looking back, Baltimore is in a holiday mood, looking ahead to big things from its new Orioles. The Athletics fled Philadelphia for Kansas City in 55. Two teams bolted the Big Apple at the end of 57. Did you hear the news about what's happening in Brooklyn? The Dodgers bailing on Brooklyn for Los Angeles. We really got the blues about what's happening in Brooklyn. While the Giants would vacate the polo grounds in New York for San Francisco. Fans fought over the bases. They scooped up bits of that hallowed ground. And long after the game ended, they stood masked in front of the clubhouse, pleading for another miracle at Coogan's Bluff. But the Giants would never again play in the polo ground. Washington Senators became Minnesota's twins in 61, the last in a flurry of Major League Baseball defections until karma bit Milwaukee back four years later. The Board of Directors of the Milwaukee Braves Incorporated voted today to request permission of the National League to transfer their franchise to Atlanta, Georgia, for 1965. Perini had sold the Braves to new out-of-town owners who saw greener pastures southeast, just as Perini had back in 53 with Milwaukee. The untapped Atlanta market even had a brand new ballpark waiting, just like we did. Atlanta, her impressive skyline supplemented by this magnificent circular stadium, is in a delirium of enthusiasm today to celebrate her attainment to big league city status. The Braves are here, and it's opening day. There'd be one more move before the 60s became 1970. The bankrupt Seattle Pilots coming east to Milwaukee. That kind of gives you the entire history of that, and that is why it is so very cool that you've got the Atlanta Braves, formerly the Milwaukee Braves, and the Brewers playing. I, I As I'm sitting out here outside American Family Field and watching people start to stream in, matter of fact, the gates to the stadium opened up about five minutes ago, so there's some people coming in from the parking lot or heading in already. I would say 98% of the people are wearing Brewers stuff, but there were a couple people walking by who had the Atlanta Braves stuff on. I am confident, though, that the Atlanta Braves fans are going to be grossly outnumbered by Brewers fans. Let's take a quick break. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. You're listening to WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. How are we doing? Fantastic. It's a good Friday, isn't it's it? It's a great Friday. It's better than a good Friday, isn't it? How do you feel about the series? I think we're going to win in four. Pitching, hitting, what's the key? Uh, it's going to be the pitching. Hitting's going to suck, and we're going to fight through it. 
This week's sponsor for the Jeff Wagner Home Improvement Showcase presented by Great Midwest Bank is Kohler Services. Give them a call, 262-357-3300, or visit KohlerServicesWI.com to see all they have to offer. From inspiration to installation, reimagine your bathing experience and contact Kohler Services for a free design consultation. All right, I want to use, and, and our very own John McCure, host of Wisconsin's Afternoon News, he's out here, he's out in the parking lot playing probably a little bit of the bag games, you know, maybe having an adult beverage, and bringing sound back. John's going to be joining me in the next hour, as well as Greg Matzik. Um, we'll be talking to them. In the next hour, we're scheduled to be joined by Rick Schlesinger, fellow Nicolay High School graduate, and we're going to be talking about just the business side of, of this. And in just a little bit, I'm scheduled to be joined by David Stearns, who is the president of Baseball Operations. And we're going to be talking to him about you know what it takes to build a, a team like this. But I, I want to use that, that sound bite that John just sent back um, as kind of a starting point. We've got a little bit of time, and I want to open up our phone lines. It's 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. See, I, I was telling the story yesterday. Last week, I was in this mythical, mystical place called Las Vegas. And in Las Vegas, they have an opportunity where you can actually walk into these things called sports books. And you can pull out cash. And you can place wagers on various sporting events. And so last week, all right, I put my money where my mouth is. And I placed a, a wager on the Milwaukee Brewers, not only to win this series, but to win the next series as well. And candidly, my intention was to go back and place another bet for them to win the World Series, but I just got distracted with so many of the things were going on. But I've actually got coin of the realm invested in my prediction and my belief that the Milwaukee Brewers this year are going to advance to the World Series. I also think they've got a pretty darn good chance to win it. But I understand everybody's optimistic, but there's always some naysayers, and I've been hearing from you over the course of the last couple weeks, oh, Jeff, don't you realize they lost 10 out of their last 14 games? What was the guy that John McCure was talking about? He was just saying, well, Jeff, don't you realize that you know they're, they're not hitting that well? All right, I, I am 110% on the Brewers bandwagon, but I want to open up the phone lines. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Does this team have the right stuff does this team have the ability to go all the way are you optimistic about brewers 2021 and i say this because like i was saying in the last hour of the program i mean i i was at the world series in 1982 some of my fondest memories of sporting events are watching them sweep the california angels in 1982 to win the american league yes back then it was the american league championship I think this is a special team that can certainly go as far and maybe even farther than that team did. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. Is this Brewers team for real? Getting a lot of thumbs up from folks walking by. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Back to discuss in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner broadcasting live from American Family Field. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So you have two hands and you have three drinks. Correct. I can't even count that high. <laughs> Life is good, isn't it? I got a face for radio, but hands for drinks. <laughs> you got lots of hands. I like that. All right, fellas, how we feeling? I'm, I'm his dad. Oh, you are? Yeah. 
You got one drink, he's got three. What's happening here? He's going through a learning process. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Dad, are you proud? Look here. I mean, see, I understand how that I've got one of these these things that you wear around your neck like a lanyard, and you, you can put a beer bottle or a beer can in that. So, I mean, yeah, you could actually be a three-fisted drinker, you know, if, if you chose to. Not that I'm saying I've ever done that, but I understand what the technology is. How's this Brewers team going to do? Let's start with Tyler in Milwaukee. Tyler, you're first. Good afternoon. Tyler, got to turn down your radio. Okay, let's try. Let's let's go to Mike in Brookfield. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. I still say that good pitching outdoes good hitting, and this is why we're going to the World Series. We're going to the World Series. Okay, now I've got all these texts. People are saying, oh, Jeff, you got to understand that the hitting is too inconsistent. That's going to be a problem. You're thinking the pitching is good enough to take care of that, huh? Yes, sir, that is correct. Well, I hope you're right. As a matter of fact, I think you are. I think that there's a good chance that you are right. There's no question about it. Thanks a lot for the call. I appreciate it, Mike. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Dan, who is calling us from Chicago. Dan, does this Brewers team have what it takes to go all the way? Uh, they, they definitely do. The pitching is what's going to keep them in games, but they, they need clutch hitting. There's no major star this year. Yelich uh, isn't what he was a few years ago, but if we can get a Lorenzo Cain, an Escobar, a Yelich, these guys, uh, Adamas has come in in, in key spots. Yeah. Uh, the pitching will, will keep them there, but they, they do need some clutch hitting. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it seems like it's almost every, regardless of what the sport is, you know, basketball, football, particularly baseball, when you get to the playoffs, you need, you need one or two players to really step up and maybe, maybe do stuff that they hadn't have done before. And that's one of the cool things, you know, I've always thought about, about baseball, that sometimes it is that unsung hero. It's that guy that, gee, you know, Jace Peterson was a good player, but I didn't know that he was going to go off and have five hits in a particular game or something like that and win the game for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think so, Jackie Bradley Jr. is due to step up. Um, yeah, thanks for the call. I appreciate that as well. Um, 855-616-1620. You, you just, see, that's the thing about baseball. You just you just never know, and, and all the pieces need to fall in place. And and, and maybe, maybe you need a little bit of luck along the way. Now, look, I, we're all... I mean, how quickly we forget, but I mean, remember Milwaukee, you know, you have, of course, the Milwaukee Bucks who won the world championship, and how cool was that? But, you know, Kevin Durant, his, Kevin Durant, his foot, you know, if it's on the line, maybe that's a little bit of a different dynamic that's out there. So you've got that whole thing that's going on as well. You need a few of breaks to go along that, the way. You need a couple of those players to sort of step up in a big fashion. And that's the great thing about baseball. You never know where that person is going to come from. And I'm telling you, there's all sorts of reasons to be incredibly optimistic. All right. A number of texts about this. Jeff, I, I I believe that they're going to do very, very well. I'm looking for people to step up. I hope, I think they have all the tools. I hope they just don't peak a little bit too early. Jeff, I'm a little bit concerned about the hitting, but yeah, okay, I mean, I understand that, but that's one of the great things that they play this. Jeff, I am on the way to the game right now. I'll be stopping by 
definitely, yes, they are the team to go all the way this year. So how very cool is that? Okay, we're going to take a, couple, a quick break in just a couple seconds. When we come back, we're going to be joined by the president of Baseball Operations, live in our broadcast facility, David Stern. So if you happen to be out in the parking lot, you want to stop by, we're going to be doing a live interview on the spot, and I have a number of questions for Mr. Stearns about Brewers 2021. The team that's going on the field today looks a little bit different than the team that was rolled out for opening day, and David Stearns is one of the people responsible for putting that together. We're going to talk a lot of the issues as to how we got from opening day to here and where the team is going in the very near future. Once again, we're broadcasting live from American Family Field. It is game one of the playoffs, the Brewers versus the Braves. First pitch coming up in about two hours, but we've got a lot of stuff before that. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Welcome back. So glad to have you with us. It is, of course... The first game of the playoffs, first pitch, is about two hours away. We're broadcasting live from American Family Field, and it is my very great pleasure to be joined by David Stearns, who is the president of Baseball Operations. Hello. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, well, thanks for coming out here. And once again, if you're out in the parking lot, you know, we're, we're broadcasting live from our mobile broadcast facility, so you can come by and, and give the claws up sign to Mr. Stearns yeah, there. Absolutely. <laughs> we, lo- we love the fan enthusiasm. We've got a couple folks outside doing it right now. And <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is a great atmosphere, and this is why, we're, um, you know, why, why you work so hard to get home games during the playoffs. It's why... Our fan base is so important in all the success we've had. It's, it's the energy and the enthusiasm. It's packing American Family Field on a game like today, and we're looking forward to it. You know, David, when we were talking to Mark Atanasio a little bit earlier, and he made the point that this year the Brewers have had 60 or 61 players yep. on, on their roster, which is like a major league record. Um, so is that really what a lot of your job involves, is, is figuring out who's going to be the players over the course of the season? That's that's certainly been a big part of it this year, and and we've got a, a great staff that that helps with all that work and helps with all that decision, all those decisions. But a big part of it um, this year, because we had so many injuries, because we had so much roster turnover, is is determining who that next guy up is. And we were fortunate this year; um, we had a number of players step up. We had a number of guys contribute to wins who maybe weren't on that opening day roster or weren't among the group. Uh, that was really projected to impact our team this year. And a number of those guys have been huge contributors throughout the course of the season. And, and we're going to count on a lot of them here tonight um, and, and throughout the playoffs. When, From the perspective of a fan, how do some of these, for example, deals happen? I think if you look back on this year, I think many people would say that one of the, the turning points was the trade that brought Willie Adamas yep. here. And it, for, for whatever reason, you know, maybe it's him, maybe it's the way he meshed with the team, you know, the, the team sort of take, took off. How does a deal like that come together in the middle of the year? Really, uh, deals come together in a variety of different ways, and there, there's no really one formula that gets you to a transaction. In the case of, of Willie, He's a player we had been interested in for some time. We had, we had talked with the Rays um, dating all the way back to, to 2019 about him in, in various capacities and various constructs. We had had very in-depth conversations with uh, the Rays over the offseason this year, um, in spring training this year, and ultimately it took till, till mid-May 
to, to get that one over the finish line and, and for us to really line up. And it's, it's a deal that's worked out for both sides. We, we sent them uh, a couple of good arms who are contributing to their playoff run, and, and clearly Willie's been uh, tremendously important to, to our run here. So um, you know, deals come together in, in a variety of different ways. This one took a long time, really years, um, to, to come together, but certainly fortunate to have Willie. He's been a, a great co- contributor to our team, and we expect him here for a while. One of the other things that, that's key to building a team uh, especially for a team like Milwaukee, I would imagine, is the development of players. Mark Atanasio was talking about that, and, and he gave you a lot of credit for, for recognizing a few years ago that, hey, Brandon Woodruff can be what Brandon Woodruff has become, or Cor- Corbin Burns. I mean, it, how difficult is that to look at players and say, I can push you out, I can see where you're going to be five years from now? Yeah, player projection is tough, and and uh, and it was nice of Mark to, to highlight some of the ones we've been right on, but Look, we're, we're wrong a lot, too, and, and we have to understand that. The key with this is giving yourselves as, as many opportunities to be right as possible. And so you can't just have three pitchers that you think are going to be really good. You probably need ten. And you understand that through attrition, through going through the minor leagues, uh, through injury, that, that some of them aren't going to make it. Um, but, but we've been you know, here over the last couple of years, we've really been spoiled with, with Woody and Burns and, and Freddie. And now what Adrian Hauser and Eric Lauer have contributed to this team, we've got five guys, young pitchers, who have really established themselves now at the major league level and become very, very good, if not elite starters, uh, pacing our team. How tough is it to let good players go? Because obviously, you know, if, if you're making a trade, you've got somebody that's come up to the organization that you believe in. Is that a difficult part of the job as well? It is, and we spend more time with each other here than we do with our families during during the course of a baseball season and, and so you become emotionally attached to guys you get to know them you get to know their families and when you have to tell someone that you've traded them or you've sent them down or you're releasing them there's always there's always a difficult aspect to that at the end of the day it's it's all of our jobs to put the best team we possibly can on the field to try to win as many games as we can and sometimes that involves difficult conversations difficult decisions and we're, we're certainly ready to have them. Okay, and you were alluding to this earlier and about, hey, we're, we're talking about the guys that were successes. Obviously, you're always, criticism comes with, with the territory because you, you make deals and sometimes the players develop and sometimes they don't work out and sometimes you know they get injured or, or whatever that is. I mean, how tough is that to deal with when you make the deal and it's just for whatever reason it doesn't come together? You know, it, it, to, it's not... It's frustrating because we, we want to we want to do well and, and we want um, the work we do to, to lead to wins. I think we're also also very realistic that we're not going to be perfect and, and we're going to make deals that don't work. We try to learn from those moves. We try to learn from what hasn't worked to see if we can improve how we're doing things to make better decisions in, in the future. But I've, I've learned in this job you can't really dwell too much on any one decision, good or bad. There's so much coming at you. You better be ready for the next one. And as long as we keep getting better and we keep learning from what we're doing, we'll be in a good spot. But that's how I feel about radio shows. You, you, you try to do your best every day, and you say, oh, that, that didn't work. Got another work. one tomorrow. <laughs> right. yep. That didn't work. Let's, let's learn from that move on. You know, one of the things, and I have an opportunity on a limited basis to talk to, to some of the players and stuff, um, a lot of organizations say character matters. And... For the Brewers, character really does matter. My, my sense is high-quality, high-caliber guys that really like each other. Not that many prima donnas, maybe no prima donnas. And yeah. is, that, is that something you look at when you're building a team? 
it, it certainly is something you desire. Now, how good we are in assessing when when someone's not in orga- our organization, how they're going to fit here, it, it's tough. It's it's not a, a a science necessarily, but we do want players who who care about each other, who care about winning, um, who care about the community. And, and I think you're right. We've got a group right now that does all of those things, and this is as close-knit a group as, as I've been around. Um, they're very passionate about what they do. They're very confident in, in what they do. And, and generally, those are good things to have when you're heading into a postseason. Tell me, and I know we're, we're all focused, of course, on what happens this afternoon, but as president of baseball operations, is it a 12-month, 365-day-a-year job? I and mean, what, are, what are you doing now? I mean, are you already starting to think about spring training, or are we just focused on what's going on today? Well, that's, that's a great question. And, yeah, it, this, is a, this is a year-round business, and there, there's something going on every single month of the year that we need to be fully prepared for. Um, and, yes, we, we, are, we are into our off-season preparation already. Um, we understand that our goal is is to make as deep a run as possible. Hopefully, bring a World Series back to Milwaukee. That's that's the goal. But whenever that run ends, and hopefully it's not till early November, um, we've got to be prepared for an off season, and, and we've got to be prepared for whatever we can do to get back here next year. And so that preparation has begun. You've got something every single uh, segment of the calendar, whether it's international international signing period. Spring training, major league free agency, minor league free agency. Um, then you get into the spring and you have the draft, and then all of a sudden it's the trade deadline. So there, there's plenty to keep us busy. Um, no month is the same as, as the last, and so it keeps us on our toes, and it's a lot of fun. I, I've, I've asked Mark this, so I'd, I'd like to ask your perspective. Obviously, it, there's a collaborative effort. When there's an opportunity to, say, make a free agent signing, I mean, what is what is the process? How how does it work out? Do you are you the one that makes? I, I think this is something good, and then you go to Mark and say, mm-hmm. "Can we spend the money or or whatever?" How does it work? The, the the wonderful thing about our ownership group and Mark and his family is they're they're as supportive as they possibly can be for our baseball operations initiatives, and um, they understand that at times investments are are needed, whether it's investments in players, investments in technology, investments in infrastructure. Um, and, and they're willing to make those investments. And, and so whether it's a free agent signing that we think um, is, is going to be a particularly good fit for us, um, whether it's investing in a new spring training facility, whether it's investing in a new complex in the Dominican Republic, uh, whether it's investing in technology here at American Family Field, um, they understand that's what makes organizations successful, and, uh, and they've been very supportive since I've been here. You know, we, we've talked about the, the players that are actually put on the field, but is it? I'm not sure it's possible to give Craig Council enough credit for for all he's accomplished in in getting the best out of the players that that you've arranged for him to have. Yeah, Craig does a tremendous job, and our entire staff does a tremendous job of putting our players in positions to succeed, and that's that's really all you can ask from a field staff. That that's the main goal is give players the best position, the best possibilities to succeed. If you do that over and over and over again, you're going to give your team the best possibility to succeed. And, and I think Craig's as good as there is at, at doing that. He understands um, how players tick. He understands not everyone's not everyone's the same. Everyone's got their own idiosyncrasies, their own quirks. And he lets them be themselves. And, and at the end of the day, when it's time to get to work, when the lights go on and it's time to go on the field, he expects them to play hard, and, and our team does. I would imagine, and I, I, again, I talked about this with Mark as well, that as somebody who grew up as a Brewers fan, for, for years and years you, you heard 
well, okay, Milwaukee's a small market team. It, yes, you're, you're, you're not going to be able to compete with the, the Yankees or the Mets of the world. And, you know, both of those teams are, are out of the playoffs or didn't make the playoffs. You guys have been in the playoffs four of the last four years. Is that also one of the goals that, look, we want to continue, we want to win without having necessarily lose 110 games in a given year uh, su- sustainable competitiveness is is what this is about and that that is exactly what we're after we want to have the ability to be in the playoffs year in and year out we want um our fan base every single year to believe that we're a playoff team to believe that uh the ultimate goal the ultimate dream of winning a world series is possible we've we've been that way for for four years now in the playoffs we've had five straight years of very competitive teams and it's our expectation that, that we can and should continue that. Um, when you became the president of baseball operations and and, and the earlier titles, you were one of the, the youngest people to hold that that in, in Major League Baseball, if, if not the youngest. Has it been has it been a lot of fun over the last six years? Oh, it's a, it's a tremendous amount of fun. And if if you can't have fun doing this job, um, then then you probably shouldn't be in it. We're we're, we're dealing with a game and. Um, we're dealing with baseball, and, and it's what we grew up loving to do. And here we're dealing with a community and a fan base that cares dearly about what we do every single day. And that gives us tremendous motivation um, to, to do everything we can to, to win baseball games, and that's what we're trying to do. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I firmly believe that Milwaukee – and the region and the state it's 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 really quite a bunch of baseball fans and dedicated baseball fans and one of the great things that the ownership group and your leadership and all you know you've given the fans a winning product and and they're responding absolutely you know which is one of the exciting things it it is and and look that that's why you do it is to go to a park on on a day like today go into american family field have a sold-out crowd with high energy enthusiasm uh, making a lot of noise, it, it gets us all going. Our players are looking forward to it. I know they, they can't wait for 337 to come around and first pitch. Uh, I'm looking forward to it as well. David Stearns, president of baseball operations for the Milwaukee Brewers. Thanks for spending some time this afternoon. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. We're going to take a quick break. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. How long have you been a Brewers fan? Uh, since the Brewers moved here. Since Bud brought them to since town. Since Bud brought them to town, absolutely. Tell me as the years go by and we take for granted that we have these sort of teams, how sweet it is when we have it, a team like this. It is so sweet. It, it reminds me of Caldwell. It reminds me of Vukovic. It reminds me of Yount. It reminds me of everybody that we've been watching in this place. So, yeah, it's a great time. So during days like today, do you find yourself thinking about 82, thinking about 2018, thinking about all that? Absolutely. 82 when the blimp went over my house every day. And I lived up. <laughs> It was awesome. And uh, he was two years old. Wow. <laughs> you were two years old. You look happy. You look like you're in a good spot. I am. And I'm a one-drink guy. <laughs> That's why you're over here away from the rip rack. Exactly. Hey, thank you, guys. Thank you. I appreciate thank it. Annex Wealth Management is a proud sponsor of Brew October. It's time to know the difference. If you're ready to put things in order, so are they. Annex Wealth Management provides investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning as a local independent partner. Head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button right away. Thanks to David Stearns for coming out. And um, if if he sounds like a nice guy on the radio, he really is a genuinely nice guy. And and it's I mean he's in his mid thirties, and it's just incredible when. 
when you look at you know what they have been able to put together. And one of our texters says, "I'm glad Willie Adamas will be here for a while. I just bought my wife his jersey." Well, yeah, that's that's the great thing. You've made that investment. Here's one of our texters who said, "Jeff, you know, I, I still wonder. It's amazing to me how the heck the Brewers have been able to field such a competitive team, especially after getting a huge financial hit last year with COVID and being in the smallest market in Major League Baseball without receiving any revenues last year from tickets, parking, and concessions." See that. That's, you know, and we were talking about that with Mark Atanasio earlier, and that's one of the, if if you have just gotten onto the Brewers bandwagon, or if you're somebody that's just been, I don't know, been a baseball fan or a Brewers fan over the course of the last decade or so, wonderful, you know, welcome aboard, that's great. But for those of us who, again, remember when the Seattle Pilots became the Milwaukee Brewers in 1970 or whenever, for, for years and years and years, all we were told about baseball was it, it's small market teams can't compete. And, you know, you'll never be able to compete with the Chicago's and the Los Angeles's and in particular the New York's of the world. You're just not going to be able to do that. And from because you're you're going to develop players. And as soon as you get a good player, you know, they're going to sign and they're going to leave you. And, and that. That was what people said, and you know, for years and years, that that was true. You'd have great players, and then what would happen is you'd end up losing them. I mean, one of the classic examples of that is, you know, Paul Molitor, homegrown player, beloved Hall of Fame player, but at some point in time, the Brewers just couldn't afford to, to keep him, and he he went on to play elsewhere. And you've seen that happen over and over again, um, ever since. Mark Atanasio's ownership group had, had taken over. What you've seen is, is a commitment. You've seen, okay, making decisions to go out and sign a guy like Christian Yelich and make a long-term commitment to him because you believe that, hey, we've got one of the best players in baseball. You then combine that with the ability to develop talent, to say, okay, you know, here we, we've got, you know, Brandon Woodruff, we've got the Corbin Burnses, and we're going to develop them, and we're going to take advantage of that. We're going to find Josh Hader. We're going to use all that. That really, I mean, I think if you combine the two of them, and the question becomes, okay, how, how sustainable is it? Because the reality is Milwaukee isn't Los Angeles. You're not in a position where you can just go out and say, okay, we're going to sign a bunch of people to you know, $40, $50 million contracts, and then we're going to deal with the consequences of it. But one of the things I think you've got to give the ownership group credit for, and whether it's Mark Atanasio okaying it or, or David Stearns or Craig Council figuring out how to put this together, it's finding players that will fit in. It's finding players that are talented. It's finding players that want to be here and then creating a competitive environment by which they want to stay here as well. And whether it's the signing of Lorenzo Kane or as we were talking about Christian Yelich or bringing Colton Wong in this year or any of the other countless players that they've been able to identify to present, uh, put a winning product in the field. How cool is that? And it is a tribute to the organization that we're here. The playoffs kick off in about an hour and a half. The first pitch, the parking lots are full, and people are having a great time. Back with lots more. Matter of fact, our next scheduled guest is the uh, president of business operations, my high school classmate, or actually I think we were a couple years apart at Nicolay High School, Rick Schlesinger. We'll be talking to Rick in just a little bit. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ, broadcasting live from American Family Field. It's playoff game number one, the Brewers and the Braves. 
Live from the Annex Wealth Management Mobile Studio outside of American Family Field, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Wisconsin once again broadcasting live. It is game one of the playoffs, the Milwaukee Brewers versus the Atlanta Braves. We are here. The parking lot is filling up. The, the different bars are dropping off their buses, and people are getting out. There was a couple that just walked by, and I swear... They had the biggest cups of beer that I think I had ever seen. I mean, and uh, imagine like two of those giant big gulp things of coffee. That That's what they were, except they were beer. And for some reason, the, the lady, I was just watching this happen. The lady, like she needed to reach into her purse or something. So she gave her husband her big gulp thing. And this guy is like wrestling with these two giant things of beer. That's the environment that's going on here. Everybody's excited. Everybody's having fun. We are joined right now by Rick Schlesinger, the president of business operations for the Milwaukee Brewers and a fellow Nicolay High School graduate. Rick, good afternoon. Hi, uh, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> uh, I, I, Rick, how challenging has the last year and a half been dealing with the pandemic and trying to figure out how to get fans back in the stands? This has got to have been a hard year and a half for you. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you can see it about almost every business in this country, but it was particularly difficult given that we are so reliant on admissions and people in the ballpark and have an entire season with no fans and then starting this season with reduced capacity um it it was hard it was challenging uh we had to pivot we had to be nimble uh had to keep the spirits up of our employees we had to keep our our players engaged who missed all the opportunities to see fans in the stands it was tough it was something that i don't want to go through ever again and hopefully we don't have to deal with that again you know, Rick, all that being said, and we were talking about this with Mark Atanasio just a little while ago, all that being said, the Brewers are in the top ten in attendance. And, and given all the different things that were going on, the pandemic, given the fact that, you know, this, in, in Wisconsin we, we opened up a little bit later to full capacity than other, some other places, still, you know, we, we are in the top ten in attendance. That must be something that you really take pride in as an accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, I think it just is a testament to the loyalty and support that we get from our fans. It's it's a it's a you know a great result when you have a winning team that obviously is the best uh, attractive device for for getting fans. But you know, the fans have been through thick and thin with us. They have been through good times. They've been through challenging times. Last four years have been successful ones for the franchise, and the fans have been great. So yeah, it, it was very painful to me to have to tell fans early in the season they couldn't come to the ballpark. Um, because of reduced capacity. So the fact that we're able to open up for the second half and then obviously, you know, sell out postseason games, it's it's just the you know, it's just the engagement we get with our fans and, and obviously the, the the energy created by a full house, um, it's hard to replicate and thankfully we're at a position now where it looks like normal, at least inside American Family Field today. You know, Rick, as a partial season ticket holder, I mean, I, I've been coming to games all year, and the one thing I, I got to give you a lot of credit for, because even even in the era of the, the limited attendance, the twenty five percent capacity or whatever, I, I think you went out of your way to make sure the fan experience w- was outstanding, and and I think that a lot of work had to go into making sure that that was what was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, we we obviously really really focused. I'm making sure the tickets are affordable, the ballpark is clean, the concessions are good, um, we have ample parking, um, this, the entertainment is great, and obviously the product in the field has to be top shelf. And, you know, it, it doesn't happen organically. It requires a lot of thought, a lot of work. We have a great staff of people 
who think about nothing else but how to make sure the fan experience is great. And since, you know, we are so dependent on our fans for revenue and admissions, um, that is our job one, is making the ballpark experience accessible, affordable, fun, entertaining, and safe. Um, you know, it's it's interesting, Rick. When when you talk to to businesses, or you talk to, for example, my friend Don Smiley at Summerfest, or Kathleen O'Leary at State Fair, one of the stories you always hear is is about staffing issues. You know, the the difficulty that so many places are having in, in trying to to find personnel. I, I assume that you had to deal with that as well over the course of the last several months. Yeah, we, we definitely had um, challenges. Um, the, the one good thing is we have a very loyal staff of ushers and ticket takers and people who have worked at the ballpark for years, and they were very excited to come. And I was worried about staffing. I was worried about people being nervous about working in an environment with a lot of fans. And for the most part, we were very successful. Where we were a little bit hampered was in concessions and cleaning. And, and frankly, we had to do some you know, creative things to increase the pool of workers for concessions and for cleaning. And like everybody else, we had our challenges. And, and you know, candidly, there were times when we could have been a little bit better staffed in concessions. Frankly, there were times when I wanted more cleaners in the ballpark than we had. The, the good news is, um, you know, we weathered through it. We made adjustments uh, to incentivize people. And, and I'm very happy to report that for the postseason. One thing I can tell you is I can't predict what's going to happen to the field, but the staffing has been fantastic. Everybody is excited to work postseason games. So we not only do we not have a shortage of workers, we actually had people who wanted to work. We said, hey, listen, we don't need you, uh, but we'll put you on the list. So let's let's talk about. I mean, obviously, you've got the game today. You've got the game tomorrow. If they near, if there needs to be a game five, that's coming up next Thursday. And then, of course, we all anticipating that the Brewers are going to hopefully advance to the National League Championship Series. From a perspective of tickets and things like that, what, what's it looking like? Yeah, we are um, obviously we're, we're still selling a few standing room only for today and tomorrow, but we're sold out officially. Um, if we have a game five back here in Milwaukee, we'll have additional tickets to sell, and those will go very quickly. Um, as, as you always see in these situations, um, if, if you know right now people, you just don't know if there's going to be a game five, so you always have a few thousand tickets that you're keeping in reserve. But once it becomes clear that there is going to be a game five, um, those tickets will all sell. And then next week we are doing our on-sale for the League Championship Series games. We've done a lot of pre-sales of the tickets to season seed holders and others. So uh, next Monday, those will be released, and we expect those to go quickly and sell out. And, and obviously, if we are able to advance further, um, World Series tickets will be incredibly valuable and sell out immediately. And uh, I'll have a lot of people calling, asking for favors, and I'll have to politely say, listen, I, I can't let you in. I have a fire marshal who tells me I can only have so many people in the building. Are you still having fun? Yes. I mean, if you if you work in baseball and you're not having fun, then you're in the wrong industry because, you know, win or lose, it's it's a blast. You know, we're, we're, our job is to bring joy to people, and joy and winning go hand in hand for consecutive postseason appearances, so there's a lot of joy. Now, ultimately, you know, unless you win the final game played in the season, you're a little disappointed. So we haven't done that yet. My goal is to win the final game played in the 2021 season. And then I can say we have reached the promised land. But obviously having fun, a lot of hard work, a lot of stress, but I wouldn't trade this job for anything. 
know, Rick, I, we were talking a little bit about this with, with Mark a little while ago. Um, you and I were both around when the, the political battle was being fought about building American Family Field, you know, previously Miller Park with the enclosed roof and things like that. From the perspective of, of your job as president of baseball operations, I, I, I just I look at, at, at what we have here and, and the retractable roof. That, that has to have been a game changer over the course of the last couple of decades from the perspective of helping the brewers um, really get over the hump financially and bringing all these people out to the ballpark day after day, year after year? Yeah, I mean, the, the Retractable World has made us truly a regional statewide team. And there's no question, given all the group ticket sales we sell every year, uh, we're not selling clearly the number of group tickets if we don't have a retractable roof. Because if I'm going to ask somebody to drive three or four hours to come to a game, uh, they want the game to be played, and they don't want to be rained out. And so, you know, the, the ballpark is a jewel. And listen, I, I know very well how challenging and difficult it was for uh, the vote and, and how close it was and how contentious it was. But, you know, from where I stand and where I sit and seeing, you know, all these fans with happy spot smiles and having Major League Baseball in Milwaukee, how, how can you say that investment was not worth it? Because it's a jewel of a franchise, a jewel of a ballpark. We spent a lot of time and effort and money to keep it that way. And I'm just so thankful to live in a state and a community where people recognize the value of their sports teams. And whether it's the Bucks with Pfizer Forum or the Brewers of the American Family Field, people have stepped up, supported us. And our job is to deliver a fun, entertaining, and winning product. And, again, for the last four years, I've been able to say, you know, mission almost accomplished. Again, we have an ultimate goal, but uh, things are trending in the right direction. Okay, so one more question. Tell me, are you one of those guys, like I think you know, Bud Selig still is to this day, like it sounds like Mark is, are you one of those guys that live and die with the individual games? So if there's a, if there's a great game, are you up? If there's a bad game, are you down? Are you kind of even keel during the course of the year? No, I, I, wish, I actually wish I was more even keel because it's 162 games in the regular season plus, plus, plus postseason. So I do live and die with every pitch. There's a... People around me who watch a game in April will call me and say, you just said the whole season depends on the next pitch, and we're in April. So I, I don't have a good perspective. I've never been like that. I've always looked at every game and every pitch as life and death. Um, and you know what? Over 162 games, think about how many times things have come down to one game in April or May that changed the tide, uh, or one mm-hmm. play, or one injury, or one bit of fortuity or serendipitous result. Um, sports is like that, and and so I just have that mentality of, of you know, it's intensity, um, and every pitch I hold my breath, and uh, I am I am a fan, so I I've never been able to be mellow or even. <laughs> you you must be fun to to be around in in April and May in some of those games. Well, my wife, you know, my wife watches every game on television and listens on the radio, so she doesn't, you know, she knows what the score is, but she says if I didn't. I would know instantly the minute you walk in the house, not only how, if we won or lost, but the margin of victory and what the other teams in our division did. I said, I know, I wear it on my sleeve, but that's why I love this job so much because it's, it's, you, you got to have a passion for what you do and a love for what you do. And I'm so privileged to work in a sport and working for the team that I grew up rooting for since I was five years old. That's outstanding. Rick Schlesinger, President of Business Operations for Milwaukee Brewers. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Good luck. Go Brewers. Claws up, right? Claws up. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Take care. Thank you, Rick. Rick, um, I appreciate the, the time. It, what, a, 
you know what, what an interesting thing and that it, it, it see it's it what's so interesting if you get an opportunity to meet like the people that are or work behind the scenes at for the brewers and stuff what you understand is it's 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 a business yeah i mean of course of course it's a business but it's also a passion that they bring and whether it's rick Schlesinger or mark atanasio or david stern Stern's, or or all the the other people i mean they really really care it's not just like hey it's a nine to five job in a business they they care about the outcomes and that's one of the things that makes it so very cool back with more in just a minute this is jeff wagner broadcasting live from american family field Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Uh, I think the Brewers will take it in four. That's my hope anyways. Um, if they have to come back here for a game five, that's fine because I'll try to find tickets for it. But the pitching staff, incredible. Um, and they've been they've been getting timely hits for most of the year. So. How good is the vibe? I mean, oh, being out here, this is just... Yeah, it's just incredible. Um, you know, everybody tailgating, having fun. The weather is perfect. How can we get this in October? I mean, exactly. How can we do any better than this? It's pretty it's awesome. good, right? Yeah. Go crew. Go crew. Go crew. Let's go. Yeah. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. All right. We are joined now in our mobile broadcast facility by John McCure. You've been hearing John's reports all afternoon. John's going to be with me till 3 o'clock now. John, you've been out and about with the crowd yeah. and sending that stuff back. Oh, um, and Jeff, uh, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it. The energy is so good out there, this positive energy, this great October weather, this just feeling that it's time, let's go. Because, you know, really, the last 10 days of the season didn't much matter, so there wasn't a lot of excitement or energy, and now it's time to go, and let's do it. People are ready. Okay. My, one of my questions is, in one of the earlier sound bites you sent back, there was a guy who was apparently there with his father, and the guy had, the way it was described is, he had not one, not two, but three drinks. With two hands. Three drinks with two hands. All right. Now, I assumed... I assume that he, he had a couple beers and you know maybe maybe two in one hand and another. That's not what it was. No, no, he had one beer. He had a big bloody mary with everything you can imagine growing out of the top of that thing, and then he had a mixed drink. It looked like maybe a a Jameson or a. He had three cups. He was juggling it all, and I think he had a, a, a hot dog or something else <laughs> with the three drinks in the two hands. You mentioned his dad. I asked his dad, look at your boy over there, and he said, that's my boy. <laughs> he was so proud. The apple doesn't fall far from that's the tree right. there. Yeah, they kind of celebrated Well, that. on the one hand, that sounds intriguing, but on the other hand, as somebody who, who spent a lifetime going to, like, Jimmy Buffett concerts, we always have that concern that you, you, you peak too early. And I'm, I'm listening to your story, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, if, if it's 12.15 in the afternoon, the game doesn't start till 3.30, and you're already, you got a beer, a big butt Bloody Mary, and a Jameson's, you you wonder, <laughs> that's one of the ones you sound like this, you end up like sleeping in the back seat of your car about well, 2.30 so in the afternoon. So his dad was proud. His wife, who was also there, I think, was worried about him peaking too early. <laughs> that's why we have the wives, right? They always take care of us. And she was kind of looking at him like, honey, honey, you know, it's just afternoon. Be well, careful. That, yeah, that's it. That's, you, you, that, that's Fran. She's like, are you sure you're really going to have that, that <laughs> yeah, Bloody Mary? Okay. Okay. And the Jameson? <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's, we're, we're getting ready to get on a plane to Las Vegas. Yes, I'm going to have the Bloody Mary. Well, okay, that's fine. But yes, you're right. That's why we, we have the wives. All right, John's going to be with us for the next half hour or so. We're going to be talking to Greg Matzik, who is inside American Family Field in a little bit. Let's take a very quick break. Back with more in just a minute. Broadcasting live from the mobile broadcast facility outside American Family Field. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Oh, he's going to offer us one. 
so very glad to have you with us. Again, we're broadcasting live outside American Family Field. Lots of people getting off the buses from the bars and the restaurants. Lots of people coming in. Lots of adult beverages being consumed. John McCure and I are about 30 minutes away from that. But uh, I tell you. Did you see that guy with the two Miller lights who got off the bus, has two minutes to walk, and hasn't even opened one of them yet? Uh, he, yeah, he's my hero. He's going right to make there, it. Right there, yeah. Exactly. He's going to make it. There's no question. They're happy. About, they're ready to go. There's no question about that. Those, those, Look at this young lady. Those, she's really drinking it down. Uh, she's got her two there. Two, uh, there's no question. Those two Miller lights. I mean, he, he's got about 100 yards to get in there. Those, yeah. those, there's no way those two beers make it 100 yards. He'll no question that. about yeah. it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm there. See, we're trying to bring you the whole life. If you can't be out here, well, just, just tune in. We will bring you all the, certainly the sounds, and we'll try to describe the sights for you. Lots of Brewers fans coming in. Occasionally you will see somebody in Atlanta Braves uh, gear, but not too many. I think this is going to be an overwhelming Brewers crowd. Certainly hope so. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us once again, broadcasting live as we've been doing all afternoon from American Family Field. Uh, first pitch is about an hour away. People streaming in from the parking lot now. The stadium's been open for about an hour and 15 minutes. I'm going to be joining them in about 20 minutes. But already inside the stadium is our very own Greg Matzik. Greg, good afternoon. Greetings, Jeff. You've had a fun program today, haven't you? It has been an absolute blast. And, see, you've been inside the stadium working. I, I've actually been out here having fun watching everybody kind of cruise <laughs> on by and stuff. Um, all right, g- give, us a little, give us a little bit of a playoff uh, preview here. Yeah, so th- this is kind of an interesting matchup. I've described it as strength on strength. The Brewers' pitching has been great throughout the season. We've seen it from start to finish. The Braves hit the ball out of the ballpark really well. They've done it better than pretty much every team in baseball, aside of the Giants and the Dodgers. So the strength of the Brewers is the pitching. The strength of the Braves, I would say, is their lineup and ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Makes for a really interesting matchup, I think, in a hitter-friendly American family field. Uh, But don't sleep on the pitching matchups. The Braves' top two starters are... About as good as Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. Uh, the numbers are similar. The ERAs are slightly higher. There's some playoff experience that the Braves have. I think they do run into some issues when you get to the depths of their bullpen. Uh, and by and large, the Brewers pitching is stronger. But I think a really compelling matchup here, especially these first two games. Craig, um, some fans not following the admonition of uh, Aaron Rodgers to relax are a little bit concerned because the Brewers, what, lost 10 out of their last 14 games. Pretty much it appears that they sort of put it on sort of autopilot after they clinched the championship. Is that a reason for anybody to be concerned? You know, I, I've, I've kind of gone back and forth on this, Jeff. I, I always think winning is better than the alternative, whatever the case is, and wherever your season goes on after the regular season. I also agree that it was the right thing to do to take your foot off the gas. You know, maybe that second game against the Dodgers goes different if Corbin Burns pitches more than two innings. Uh, but they knew he was going to be game one starter. And if you had one of those three games against the Dodgers, maybe you're not having the conversation. I, I do believe it was a perfect storm against the Cardinals. You ran into the hottest team in all of baseball. And you face the Dodgers when they still had a chance to capture the NL West. So I'm not too worried about it. Certainly winning is better than the alternative. But I think especially after four days off, I think all that stuff's in the rearview mirror. This is a a totally different season and should be looked at separately than what we just saw. 
speaking of 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 the the Cardinals, Cardinals go into that wild card game as you know one of the, arguably the hottest team in baseball. Great game with the Dodgers. There's some people who are saying, hey, the, the Cardinals won all these games. Maybe we shouldn't just have a one game wild card thing. Maybe we, they should have a chance to do it at like a two out of three series or something. Do you like the format that baseball uses nowadays? Yeah, I wonder how many Brewers fans are, are sad that it was a one-game sort of situation that the Cardinals are gone. I bet if you pulled people at American Family Field, they'd say, yep, oh well, Cardinals aren't playing baseball anymore, uh, and I'm certainly in that camp. Uh, I, I think it depends if if you're the visiting team, if you're the home team, or if you're a casual baseball fan. Because as a casual baseball fan, I'm watching that game the other night, and I'm glued. I mean, it was just great baseball, great theater. Everything was on the line for both teams. It's win or go home. My one gripe about the format is that you play 162 games, you qualify for the playoffs, but you know it, Cardinals fans didn't get a chance to, to see a home playoff game. So I'd, I'd like that to be somehow in the mix. I, I get it. I understand why baseball does it the way they do it. But I, there is certainly no questioning the intensity of a winner-take-all situation, and that's what the wild card affords us. Greg, any surprises about the Brewer, Brewers' playoff roster for the division series when it came out? Uh, one minor surprise, I, I guess I didn't know Brent Suter was dealing with anything. Um, I had asked Craig Council yesterday if, if, if the four days off were beneficial, if there are any lingering health issues that he had, was uh, willing to comment on, and, and he kind of brushed it off saying, no, we're in good shape, four days off, it's been great for everyone. So it's a, a minor oblique issue for, for Brent Suter. Now, the thing is, it, it, he's not on the NLD roster, S roster. If the Brewers advance, he could be on the NLCS roster, um, where you typically like to have a little bit more pitching because it's a seven-game series versus five. Um, I had wondered about Jackie Bradley Jr. just because he was just terrible at the plate uh, throughout the regular season. But he's an elite defender, and he's a really good base runner. And if you have elite skill, you can find your way onto a playoff roster. You're not going to be a five-tool guy, perhaps, but he can still help this team, I think, in this series. How big a factor is it to lose Devin Williams, who, of course, apparently after the clinching celebration, in, in his celebration decides to punch a wall with his right hand and now breaks the hand. He, he's out for the playoffs. How big a loss is that for the Brewers? Yeah, the, the wall won. The wall usually wins in that situation. Uh, I think it's a big deal. I, I don't think it's a, as big a deal in game one because I, I think the Brewers can get the eighth inning covered. But not only are you taking a, a quality piece from your bullpen, but you're also robbing its depth. So... I think Aaron Ashby maybe gets uh, the eighth inning leading into Josh Hader if it's a close game tonight. But what do you do tomorrow? That, that's my bigger question. How do you bridge the gap between starter and Josh Hader if, you know, they only last six innings? I think it is a big loss. It, it was a strength of the Brewers the entire season, the, really the staff as a whole. And now you're taking away a guy who was pitching high leverage innings. And, and somebody else is going to have to move into that situation. So I do think it's a, a pretty significant loss. You want to go on the record? You got a prediction? I, I think the Brewers win this one, but I, I don't think it's going to be easy. Uh, I think they they get a leg up here in the series with Corbin Burns. I, I think tomorrow could be interesting with Max Fried going. I wouldn't be surprised if the Braves take one here in Milwaukee and then the Brewers take game three. I also wouldn't be surprised if this thing comes back to Milwaukee. So if you're asking me to be official, I think the series is split in Milwaukee, split in Atlanta, leading up to a game five in which the Brewers will win because they'll have Corbin Burns back on the mound. 
Okay, I'm going to go with Brewers in four. So you got Brewers right. in five. Well, <laughs> I, I hope, right. I, one, one way or the other, pal, I hope you're right as well. Craig Matzik <laughs> will look forward to your reports. And count, one way or the other, bottom line is we want the Brewers to win, whether it's four or five games. Preferably, it's like three. Craig Matzik, thanks for your input. We'll talk to you very soon. You bet. Thank you, Jeff. That's Greg from Inside the Dugout. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to chat with John McCure, who has been out and about talking to people here at American Family Field. Stick around. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. That's going to be Kirsten. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ, (laughs) wrapping up our broadcast. Our Brewers pregame coverage starts in about 10 minutes or so. Before that, though, John McCure... He joins me here in our mobile broadcast facility. And, John, we've been watching all the, the buses pull up from the bars and yeah. stuff and people coming in and just had a couple folks come up and put their face to the window. And there are, the, the question, they were looking at you and me and go, are, are you Jeff? And we're, we're not sure what we how we should have answered that. Well, it depends you know? what they want to say. Right. Do, do you like the show or not? Right. right. Do you like but, the show? Yeah, I'm Jeff. I, I said I'm Jeff, and they gave me a thumbs yeah, up. That so that all, that all kind of worked out. So you have been out and about over the course of the last couple hours. Your, your general sense of the, the crowd is going to be a sold out game people look like they're um people look like they're ready for a good ball they're game. excited they're anxious i don't i don't sense a lot of nervousness i sense a lot of claws up let's go uh they closed the roof which i thought was interesting jeff it's 72 degrees there's still a slight chance for rain during the five o'clock hour so i think that's why they closed it but man i would like to have seen the roof open yeah, it's it's interesting because actually I was talking to um, David Stearns earlier, and I'm not sure if it was on the air or off the air, but he said he thought they were they were they were a little bit worried about rain a little yeah. bit later on. So and they don't like the conditions to change mid game, especially during the playoffs. And Major League Baseball controls that decision, so the Brewers don't get to decide if the roofs open or closed. So right. MLB consults with the Brewers, they consult with the Braves, and then they decide if there's any chance of not only rain but a severe temperature switch. They just closed the roof. Well, the interesting thing to see will be Miller Park is uh, Miller Park American Family. I went through the almost three hours without doing that. American <laughs> Rose Family Gray. Field, Rose Gray. We were in France together not that looking long good, ago. Looking good, Rose. Right? Looking good. We were in, uh, but um, the the thing is, American Family Field is it's there's there's an ability to heat it. There's not an ability to yep. air condition it. So when you get a when it's a little bit humid and you close that roof, it and you put forty plus thousand people in, it can be a tad sticky. And it is humid today. It, it is going to be sticky. I saw a tweet actually from Tom Hodricourt, beat writer for the Brewers, who said toasty inside. So uh, you know I'm intrigued, Jeff, by this matchup. I heard you talking earlier about how you've been a, a Brewers fan since Bud Selig brought him back here, the team from Seattle. It's an interesting matchup because of the history between Atlanta and Milwaukee. Of course, the Braves leave here. They go to Atlanta all those years ago. Hank Aaron is on that team. They leave. Hank Aaron comes back and finishes his career in Milwaukee. And there's a fair amount of uh, Braves fans I saw on the other side of the building. They were kind of congregating, waiting to get in. And I just love the history. I love mm-hmm. the, the matchup. I mean, the Braves went to Atlanta. The Brewers are now back here. And uh, and here we go. Well, yeah. As a matter of fact, a couple of our texters, we were talking about rain. They're saying it's it's raining right now in Plymouth, so you could get a stray shower or yeah, something like that. Yeah, you can't like take that. that chance. Well, right. Exactly. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's one of the ones that'll, that'll be there. And, and I, I don't mind. Um, again, I, I just think having 
gone to games at County Stadium for all these years, I just remember what that was like, especially in the April games or the September games and things like that. Even those the, the games, the American League Championship Series to get to the World Series, they were, they were cold and they were wet oh, and yeah. stuff like that. So knowing that you've got this climate-controlled thing is very, very cool. Well, this morning, we both, you and I, wore our jackets to work. And as I was leaving, I was thinking, man, thank God for the roof because it might rain today. Right. And you don't have to worry about that if you have a roof. I'm shocked that there are still places in inclement weather climates that don't have a roof oh well like yeah. minnesota detroit yeah well how, how do you not have a roof in Chicago. april it can snow in those places well, well absolutely and see i think that that's one of the things that where you look at there, there's a lot of reasons why the brewers attendance and and again I, I just think back over the years and we were told that it's a small market team there's not that many people they're going to come you can only draw from so many people but i, I think you know from a perspective of, of group sales or people planning to come having that roof so if you're in Appleton and your your bar your church group whatever wants to come to see the Brewers on a on a Thursday afternoon game or a Saturday night you know that there's going to be that ball game played you're not going to have to worry about geez right. it's going to be crummy weather yeah you know you're going to be able to get in here and that's a difference maker I saw the Brewers were 10th in attendance this year right amazing attendance is down and I think I read every single major league ballpark but still 10th here, a market our size, start of the year, not being able to fill things up. It's a, it's a real tribute to what happens here. Well, it is. And, and one of the things, not only were we 10th in attendance, but um, Milwaukee was one of the last teams to be able to open yes. up to the full right. stadium. Because keep in mind, we opened up at, what, 25% yep. attendance and things like that. And as I was talking to Rick Schlesinger, I, I mean, I... I, I've, I'm a partial season ticket holder. I've got a 20-pack. And so I went to a handful of those games early on when it was 25% attendance, and you were you were spread out and stuff. And it was still it was a great experience, but it's going to be a lot of fun to be in a game where there's 40-plus thousand people standing room only. Boy, speaking of the fans, which we've been doing all afternoon, did you happen to read Colton Wong's tribute in the Players' Tribune where he wrote about yeah. Milwaukee and being here? A longtime Cardinal where many believe they have one of the best fan bases talked about how much he loves Milwaukee, the way his family's been treated, how this is home. It gave me goosebumps just reading a guy who's come in and made a real difference on the field and appreciates what people in the community have done for him off the field. Well, right, you know, and that's one of the things. Look, and I understand at the end of the day, it's about when, when, you, when you're trying to attract players, free agents, whatever. I mean, I understand that the bottom line is people want to make as much money as possible. But it's also true that these professional athletes, they want to come into good environments. And whether it's having an enclosed stadium so you know that it's going to be climate controlled and you're not going to be freezing in April, or whether it's knowing that it's a community where people are going to embrace you, that's got to be the thing that is a selling point when – I understand, again, money is an issue, but it's got to be a selling point when you're trying to attract quality yep. free agents. It's a tiebreaker for sure, you know, and listening to you talk to David Stearns, I give him a lot of credit on the baseball side. He's made a lot of great moves. His intuition is fantastic, but he's also created a locker room where guys want to be with each other, where they're a nice group of guys. This is a team that's easy to cheer for. We've all known teams where you cheer for what happens on the field and you kind of have to hold your nose right. for what the person might be like off the field. Not this is a team that's likable, and they seem to like each other. They play hard for each other, and they're a fun group of guys to watch. Let's take one more quick break. We'll be back to wrap up in just a moment, and then we're going to get ready to turn it over to the pregame show. This is Jeff Wagner, joined by John McCure. We're at American Family Field on News Radio 620 WTMJ. 
Welcome back. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ, wrapping up the program. We've been coming to you for the last three hours from outside American Family Field. Brewers baseball, pregame coverage coming up in just a couple minutes. John McCure, who's been out and about in the crowds, and there have been crowds. Oh, ready. Here. We oh, are yeah. ready, Jeff. I think that we're more ready than we have been in the past because of the several days off and the end of the year not really mattering. You know, usually like that game when they had to play in 163 that year, oh, right, we, that we are play, building yeah. and fighting the whole way, and so that adrenaline was flowing for weeks. It's kind of been bottled up. Now we're ready. Okay, so Matzik says Brewers in five. Wagner says Brewers in four. John Mercure, want to go on record? I'm going five. I think the Brewers win, but I, I think Atlanta steals one here, unfortunately, and I think it'll be hard to win two in Atlanta, so I go Brewers in five also. Well, bottom line, three, four, or five. We, we <laughs> want to see the Brewers win so we can come back and do this all again before the National League uh, Championship Series. Yes. Against, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but like I say, I, I think this Brewers team has the potential to be special. Thank you so much for spending the last couple hours with us. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks to all the guests. Thanks to John Tyler, our on-site engineer. Go Brewers! I will talk to you Monday. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ.